Second Corinthians chapter five and verse ten. Amen. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter five, and the name of the message is called "The Purpose of the Judgment Seat of Christ." And so, according to this, uh, I'm reading from the New New King James Version. It says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so I I just want to make sure that we understand that the judgment seat of Christ are only for Christians. The white throne judgment, there's two judgment, the white, the judgment seat of Christ and the white throne judgment. Well, when you hear about the, the judgment seat of Christ, it means that you've made it into heaven. It meant that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It meant that you lived a, a somewhat kind of life that was pleasing to God so that you did make it into heaven. It meant that you did not fall by the wayside and turn away from Jesus because Jesus would never let you go. But some people turn their back on him. And, you know, he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not overrule your desire. And so when if you made it to the judgment seat of Christ, that, may, that means that you are in heaven. And it also means that you are going to stay in heaven. Why am I saying that? Because someone preached a message saying everyone is going to heaven and that is true everyone is going to heaven but guess what everyone is not going to stay in heaven why because at the great white throne judgment they also will have to come and stand before jesus however however they're going to go back and burn in the lake of fire now i know people don't like to hear about hell and and fire and all of that but somebody got to preach it somebody got to help people to understand that there's a real heaven and there's a real hell and if you choose to go to the real hell then it's your choice but again tonight we're going to be talking about the judgment seat of christ and and then um so and so but and so in in the judge the the the, the word judgment uh, it means bima seat, and the Greek that's bima is the Greek word for 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 uh, for judgment. Amen. And so um, the judgment seat of Christ, the word it translates judgment, but again, it basically means to step step from. It means to step from which it comes to be used as a unit or measure. It's a use of a raised platform on which the judge sit, sits. During judicial proceeding, which we know when we go to court, if you've ever gone to court, you are down here and the judge is up there. And it's the same way Jesus is going to be on a platform and he's going to be on his throne. Glory be to God. And he's going to be judging you. And uh, again, uh, you you're not going to lose your salvation if you haven't done good, but you're going to lose a lot of rewards. And as we get into the message, you will see. So as I said, in the context, it's, it's clear that both passage reverse, both of these passages that I'm speaking of, um, because I, you'll talk about the judgment seat of Christ also in Romans chapter 14 and verse 10 to 12. Um, and then we, we're going to also talk a little bit about the, the, the white throne judgment in Revelations chapter 20 and verse 5 and 6. But tonight, like I said, we are let's, let's concentrate about the, the judgment seat of Christ. So this involves believers giving what is the purpose of the judgment seat of Christ? 
is because believers are going to give account of their lives to Christ. How did you live for Jesus Christ after you said yes to him? How did you live for him? Did you tell anybody about him? Did you tell people that you were saved? Did you live a life of holiness? Did you try to preach the gospel? And I said, when I said preach the gospel, you don't have to have a pulpit or you don't have to have a building, but you can begin to minister to people as you come in contact with them. And, and that's, that's what, what you're going to be judged for. And so um, it, it, it's, it says, it says, um, at the judgment seat, believers are going to be getting their reward. The Greek word for reward is antimovi, and it's based on how faithful they serve Jesus Christ. How faithful did you serve the Lord? How, how faithful did you, did you tell, how many people did you evangelize? Did you tell people on your job about Jesus Christ? Or were you a, 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 a closet Christian? Did you tell people at the grocery store that Jesus loves them? Or did you, did you meet somebody and, 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 and pray for them? And, and you saw them going through some kind of problems and you said, let me pray for you. And, and all of these things you're going to be rewarded for. Uh, did you live a clean lifestyle? Are you a, a closet drinker? Or, or, you know, you have those out there now that they're telling you they're smoking medical marijuana and they call themselves pastors. No, that's, I'm sorry, that's not the Christ I serve. But I'm saying all of this to say God is going to see. Because one of the things that I want to want to want to point out and I and I really need to go here for a second. I want you to go with me to the book of Malachi. See what I love about the Lord. He reminds you of certain things when you're preaching if you allow the Holy Spirit to to reveal things to you. And look what it says in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. This is a very um powerful set of scripture right here. And uh, I want to show you what it says because many people don't look at the Old Testament, but we need to focus on the Old Testament because the Old Testament opens up the New Testament and the New Testament opens up the Old Testament. Amen. Glory be to God. And so it says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, for those who feared the Lord spoke to one another or those who reverenced the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who meditate on his name. Again, the word fear, it means to reverence God. I know some of you already know that, but someone may be listening that don't know this. You know, I remember when I first got saved and I read in uh, um, Proverbs chapter one and verse seven, it says uh, um, something about fearing the Lord. And I'm saying, I'm not, I don't, I'm not afraid of God. Why, why, why? Um, the, the, beginning, the beginning of knowledge is the, is the fear of the Lord. And I, I called up a friend of mine and I says, what do you mean by, uh, I said, I'm not afraid of God. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 7, 1 and 7. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and, and instruction. And I remember when I first got saved 25 years ago, praise be to God, I'm still saved, still running for Jesus still on fire for the Lord, still excited to be saved. Amen. Glory be to God because there's a whole bunch of folks that ain't here no more. But I thank God that I made it to 2021 and I'm healthy and I'm strong and I feel great. Glory be to God. But I've called up a friend of mine and I said, what do you mean 
by fearing God and say, I'm not afraid of God. Well, I did not know because you see my cat, my background is Catholic and we did not read the Bible. We were not told to read the Bible. Well, I'm telling you right now, you need to start reading your Bible. And if you're already reading it, read some more of it. Glory be to God. But anyway, so when I read that, I was like, and so she said, no, it doesn't mean that. It means to reverence God. And what I'm trying to say to you right now is you may be able to direct somebody to some truths that you have learned from the word of God that they don't know. You may be able to minister to a young Christian that just came into the kingdom and all of these things you're going to be rewarded for when you stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat, at the Bema seat. Amen. And so that's what we're talking about tonight, the Bema seat of Christ. And so I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 um, uh, and verse 4. Uh, look what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 4 it says something kind of interesting here. I mean, the whole Bible is interesting, but like I said, we, we're, I'm not preaching tonight. I'm just teaching a little bit, but it says here, it says, um, it says, do we, do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no, do we have no right to take, uh, along a believer, a, a believing wife as do also the other apostle, the brothers of the Lord the, and Cephas? Uh, what, what Paul was saying here says, uh, I'm only focusing on, it says, do we have no right to eat? What does that mean? That means this, that if we tell people what they can and cannot eat, and what am I saying is this, this is a very important thing. And this is what I'm saying when I said, when we come before the judgment seat of Christ, the things that we know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So what you know, you're supposed to share with others so that they can learn and do the will of God. And so many people will tell you, well, you shouldn't eat that and you shouldn't eat this. And that's not what the Bible is saying. God, Paul is trying to tell us that everything that Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, which means food also. So there's not, the only time you don't eat certain things is if you know that it's been offered to idol. But then in verse 27, look what it says. It says, then Paul went on down to talk about his body. And again, this is still focusing on the rewards that we're going to receive. What is it that you, how are you living your life? Are you living a sanctified life? Are you living a set apart life? Like I say, or are you a closet drinker? We had a girl that used to come to, to a Bible study and prayer and she always had on the sunglass in the night and I was wondering what was wrong. Well, she was a closet drinker. You know, we must remember that this is a temple. Our body is the temple of the Lord and we need to make sure that we live a sanctified life, set apart life, a holy life. We cannot just live any kind of way. Most people think that they can say I, I am saved, but they can live any kind of way. No, you cannot live with one foot in the world and one foot out of the world. You're going to lose rewards. If you make it to heaven, you don't want to lose the rewards that God has for you. Glory be to God. And so today I just want to encourage people because a lot of people Look, Paul says in in second in first Corinthians chapter nine verse twenty seven. He said, "But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified." Again, we need to make sure that while we are out here ministering to others, we make it into heaven. We our 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 way of life, the way we live, the way we talk. Our body language, the way we, our character must be pleasing to God. I found a song just the other day and it was called, um, 
The song is called Have Your Way. And at the end of the song, it says, whatever is in me that is not pleasing to you, take it out of me. Take it out of me. And what God is, God is looking for us to be clean and pure. We've got to remember that his body that our body is the temple of the living God. In the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle. In the New Testament, we are the tabernacle. We, the Spirit of God, lives on the inside of us. And we got to keep this tabernacle clean. We cannot be sipping a little wine here and drinking alcohol and smoking weed and doing cocaine. and do No, no, no. We should not be talking stuff as it says in Galatians 5 and, 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 uh, and 19, to, uh, you know, we, we need to make sure that we watch what we say and, and, and show the world that we truly do belong to Christ. And so when we stand before that judgment seat of Christ, we will not lose our rewards. Also, um, uh, um, some of the things we might be judged on or have well how well did we obey the Great Commission? What is the Great Commission? The Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And I want to look at that. I know many of you know it, but for someone that may hear this message at a later date, they may not know what is the Great Commission. So the Great Commission is this. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority have been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, ethnos, that is, ethnos, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here's the, the great commission is this. For you and I, after we have come into the kingdom, after we have learned the word, after we have read these 66 books and learned, after we have become like the Berean Christians and we have studied and we have searched the scriptures and we have studied to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the contemporary 2 and 15. That's what Paul told Timothy. Then we now have to go out and show others how to be a good Christian. And I always say this, and I have to say this tonight again. We should not just be Christians. We should be followers of Jesus Christ. And why am I saying that? Jesus never told anyone to come be a Christian. The word Christian was never mentioned until in, in the book of Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. And it was spoken of as a disdain. It wasn't, it wasn't a complimentive something that was spoken. Amen. Uh, uh, so, but I always tell people, I am not a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus always said, if you read the whole, all four books, all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus said, come follow me. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. He kept, he never said, come be a Christian. So being a Christian I mean, using the word Christian, and, and everybody is a Christian. Everybody tells you about a God, but they never will mention Jesus Christ. You know, and it's the same thing with the churches today. The churches want to be so politically correct until they won't mention Jesus, but they will talk about God. But then you got to find out which God are they talking about? Because if your God don't have a son, then you're not talking about the same God that I know. 
Amen. Because my God have a son and his name is Jesus Christ. So I'm saying that I went all the way there as to say, we will be judged for how well we obeyed the great commission how well we obeyed what God has called us to go out and do. We need to make sure that we obey the word of God to the best of our ability. And praise God for 1 John 1 and 9. If we mess up, we can confess our faults. And he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I praise God that Christianity is not a black and white thing. I praise God that he has left room because he knew that you and I were going to mess up. He knew that we were going to mess up. So he left room for us to mess up if we're going to mess up. But we don't stay in our mess. We get up. Bible says you can fall down seven times and then get back up. And I praise God. I don't intend to be falling down because I want to stay. Because see, if you, one thing I can tell you, if you ask God to keep you, if you surrender your life over to God, glory be to God. If you give him, he is able to keep that which you give to him. And so I want to encourage you. Like I say every day, I say, God, draw me close to you. And keep me by your side. Why? Because I realize that I can't keep myself, but he can keep me. And I want to encourage you guys as we study these words tonight that you will focus on the things that are not so difficult. Amen. Glory be to God. Second Timothy 2 and 5. Let's see what Second Timothy 2 and 5 says. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. Look what it says. It says... No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Again, I just got you telling you, you are going to be judged for how you fulfill the Great Commission. So, what am I saying? Paul is telling Timothy that when you come into the kingdom of God, when you say yes to Jesus, you have... Now you're now engaged in war, but you do not have to fall into that. You can, let me read that again. It says, verse 4 says, and then verse, verse it says, No one engaged in warfare un, un, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlists him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So, what is Paul telling Timothy? He's telling him, look, you're in a war, but if you compete, you got to compete according to the rule. What is the rule? The rule is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So when you begin to follow those two great commandments, you are very close to God because you're going to learn how to love the Lord with all of your heart. There's going to be nobody that's going to get in between you and God. We need to, there's a song that says, uh, you, uh, it's called Abba. And it says, you are closer than the very skin on my bone. You are closer than the very air that I breathe. What God is saying, he wants to have such a relationship with you. He wants you to consummate your relationship with him. Glory be to God. Amen. And so then let's look at another scripture here. Um, um, 
Romans chapter 6, because it says how victorious we were over sin. Romans 6, 1 through 4. I got to read that. Romans 6, 1 through 4. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as are, were baptized unto Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. But just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in that in walk in the newness of life. Um, for if we have for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly he also shall live shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man that our old man was crucified with him that the body of the of sin might be done away with 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 that we should no longer be slaves to sin so what am i saying I'm saying all of this is what's going to help you to get your rewards. All of this is going to help you to stay in heaven. All of this is going to cause you to get crowns that you're going to throw at his feet. Glory be to God. Everything that we're talking about here is going to help you to receive the crown of life or the crown of righteousness. Oh God. Oh, okay. And, and so what, what, but we need to make sure that we know what the scripture is saying. It's a house and how well, we control our tongue according to James 3, 1 through 9. We got to make sure that we don't say the wrong things. The Bible says, James 1 and 19 said, we have to be slow to speak and quick to hear. Some people, you can't even finish your sentence. They will give you a rebuttal and didn't even hear what you had to say. And all of this is going to cause you to re- receive rewards if you obey God, if you follow what the scripture says, you will receive rewards that you can't even have room to to put it in. Amen. And so the Bible speaks of believers receiving crowns for different things based on how faithfully they serve Christ. Again, um, um, I just got you reading that. And then the the various crowns are described in 2 Timothy 2 and 5 to 2, 2, 4 and 8 and James 1 and 12. First Peter 5 and 4 and Revelation 2 and 10. And so uh, I'm, I'm saying all of this. Let me see how much time we have here. Uh, I, I'm, like I say, I'm going to be speaking to you for a good maybe 35 or 40 minutes or so. We'll see. But I'm saying all of this to let us know. Let's, let's see what James 1 and 12 says. James 1 and 12. Glory be to God. James 1 and 12. Amen. I hope you have your Bible with you tonight. I hope you do because I want you to follow with me. James 1 and 12. Look what it says. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So when we, when we follow, if we have endurance, if we make sure that we, we have that patience, you know, 
This is one of the fruit of the Spirit that we have to have patience. When we have patience, then we will endure and we will receive the crown of life. I don't know about you, but I want to have some crowns. There's five crowns to be had. Amen. And and uh, like I said, um, I, since I wasn't really talking about that tonight, I didn't write them down. But there's, I know there's a crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the crown of... Um, um, I can't think of all, the, all of the crowns right now. But anyway, there's five crowns for you to be had, to have. So then 1 Peter 5 and 4, let's see what he said. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4. He said, uh, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory. Ha, ah, that's the third crown. Crown of glory. You have the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the crown of glory. Um, and that does not fade away. So your crowns will not fade away. So we see here that when we begin to do the will of God, when we walk in the way that God expects us to walk in, we will recognize that we will receive what it is. Our rewards is going to be great. And I want you to have great rewards, people of God. I want you to make sure that you have crowns to throw at Jesus' feet when that time comes. Amen. And so, and then in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, there's another crown. Let's look at that. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation but be of good, but be faithful and i will give you the crown of life so again there's several crowns that you can receive those are the rewards i'm saying you're going to have rewards did you know that there's going to be de- different levels of 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 work in, in the kingdom and the same thing, you're going to have different levels of judgment and different levels of reward. And you want to make sure that when you appear before the judgment seat of Christ, you want somebody have to help you to, 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 to carry your rewards away with you. You don't want to only have one reward or two rewards. You want to have many rewards. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Because it's important to have the things that God would have you to have. He's prepared. He says, uh, John 14, he says, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, you will be there also. So what am I saying? Uh, and what I'm saying is this, that Jesus gone to, he's preparing a place for you and I. When you get your mansion in heaven, you want to be able to have stuff in your mansion. You want a lot of rewards. And so when you stand before the bema seat of Christ, when you begin to understand how important it is to live a clean and a righteous life down here, you didn't have to do nothing to gain righteousness, but you got to walk out your righteousness. You got to walk out your right standing with God. And some people don't understand that some people receive this gift of salvation and they never open the package they stand right at the door and they never open the package and I'm trying to say to you this is not how you do it you need to make sure that you are aware of what to do and how to do this so that you can glorify God and every time you do something for the Lord you have glorified the Lord every time you tell somebody about Jesus Christ God is glorified every time you tell somebody how wonderful God is 
He is glorified. And that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do tonight. Don't let this shut down, this shut up and, and, and this shut off that they have done to you in this time that, that of this thing that they call COVID. Don't let it stop you from gravitating to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let it stop you from reading your Bible. Don't let it stop you from telling people about, uh, about, um, about uh, the kingdom of God. Don't let it stop you. You got to make sure that you spread the word. The Bible said, preach the word in season and out of season. And so I'm, I'm encouraging you to make sure that you, you do this because it's so important for you and I to do this, the will of God. The will of God is, some people say, well, what is the will of God? Well, the will of God is the word of God. And if you know the word of God, then you will be able to do the will of God. And you will be able to share with others to do the will of God. The Bible tells us, he said, go ye therefore and make disciples. First you become a Christian and then you begin, a, begin to be a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. So, however, you can't give what you don't have. If you've never become a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ, then you will not be able to tell anybody about becoming a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. Discipline followers of Jesus Christ are those that follow Christ and do what he says to do to the best of their ability. Am I saying that you should be perfect? No, because there's only one perfect people that person that ever walked on the face of the earth, and that's Jesus Christ himself. But we are supposed to be striving towards perfection. And when the Bible speaks about perfection, he's not talking that you're going to be perfect. He's talking about being, coming mature. We got to learn how to become mature in Christ. Being mature, that's the, what the word perfect means. That's the word. When you talk about the word perfect, it means maturity. So don't worry, you know, because you, you're never going to be perfect. None of us will ever be perfect because we have a sin nature. We're living in this sinful body. Our body is sinful. It's the, the fall. Ever since the fall of Adam, our body became a sinful place. But that's okay. God did not look at our faults. He looked beyond our faults and he saw our need. And that's why he didn't wait until we got well and good and all of that to save us. No, he saved us while we were yet sinners. That's what the Bible say. While we were yet sinners, he died for your, yours and my sin. And so these are the kind of things that we got to share with others. Do you understand that there's people out there that have never, right here in this country, that have never heard about Jesus? Because if their grandmother didn't hear, didn't talk about Jesus and their mother didn't talk about Jesus, so then they don't talk about Jesus. But that's your job and my job. We are ministers of the gospel. The Bible says, Jesus says to God, we got to be co-laborer with him. We got to be the ambassador for Jesus Christ. And the ambassador, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is sent out by a, a president or a king or, or so forth. And Jesus is our king. So we are his ambassadors and we got to now go out there and tell the world. We got to let them know, look, the kingdom of God is suffering violence, but the violent, we got to become violent and take it by force. And so I'm encouraging you today. If you haven't heard anything like this before, I pray that it's going to minister to you because a lot of pastors will not tell you the they won't preach the uncompromised word they give you little tickle the ear messages and that's not going to help you that's not going to help you when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ that's not going to help you when you're looking at the TV or the word network and all they're doing is hollering and screaming and then they want to beg you for money no 
That's not what it's all about. It's about learning about Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. He is the only one that came and laid down his life for you and I. And we want to make sure And when we get before the judgment seat of Christ, when he asks us, what did you do with my name? Because Jesus says, my father's not going to judge anybody. He's going to be the judge. It tells you that in John, in the book of John. Jesus says he's the one that's going to, that when they hear the trumpet song, they're going to rise up out of the grave. Jesus lets you know he's the judge. And then he tells you in Matthew 20, Matthew 12 and 37, the same word that you reject today is the same word that's going to judge you later on. Who is the word? The word is Jesus Christ. So if you reject him today, you're going to have still stand before him, except if you don't make it to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ, know for sure you are going to get to heaven, but you will be at the great white throne judgment. I'm going to look at that in a little bit. And so, but I want to make sure that we get these, these, um, these, these uh, ver- verses really um, right. Amen. Glory be to God. So 112 is a good summary of how we should think about the judgment seat of Christ. Blessed is the man who pers- persevere under trials because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to him. That's James 1 and 12. We read that already. So, but anyway, I really want you to know, to know, you know, I have a favorite verse in the Bible, John chapter 6 and verse 69, where Peter, Jesus says, uh, do you guys want to leave also? And Peter said, where can we go? We have come to not just believe that you are the Christ, but we know we got to get from believing the word to knowing the word. What am I saying? I'm saying that we cannot just look at the letter of the word. We got to get to the spirit of the word because it's the spirit of the word. Jesus says, the word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The letter profits you nothing, but the spirit of God is what gives you life. And so when you begin to study, to show yourself approved, when you begin to really dig up the word and search it out and, and get your concordance and begin to study and, and, and well, no, you don't have to get your concordance. You got your phone and you can go right to uh, uh, Wikipedia and a lot of the others that's giving you good information and you can study. Glory be to God. Amen. But I want to read another scripture for you because... Christians are told in scripture, for we must all before the, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. But again, what is the purpose of the judgment seat of Christ? Did Jesus pay the full penalty for our sins and God remembers them no more? If so, why, why will Christians still be judged by Christ? Well, again, this judgment has nothing to do with your salvation. The judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with your salvation. The moment you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you made it to heaven and you're going to stay in heaven. So it's not, we're not talking about your salvation because people ask that question. You know, if Jesus already paid the penalty for past, present and future sins, why do I have to still stand before a judgment seat of Christ to be judged? Again, you're going to be judged for how you live your life. How many people you told about Christ? How many people you prayed for? Did you walk around with a compassionate heart or did you walk around with a hateful heart? Did you always have malice in your heart? Did you lie and cheat and steal even though you said you're a Christian? No, that's not going to get it. You're going to lose rewards. You're going to lose rewards. Let's look at, um, I want to look at, I want to go with, go with me to the book of Hebrews, please. Keep the book of Hebrews and look what it says. 
in um, Hebrews, it says, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. But after this, the judgment. So once you die, again, there's two judgment. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If you rejected Jesus Christ and didn't accept him, you will stand before the great white throne judgment. And when you finish, you're going to go right back to burn in the lake of fire. You don't want that. You want to make sure that you make it to the judgment seat of Christ. Even if you don't get all the rewards, but you still. But my job is to help you to make sure that you get as many rewards as you need. I mean, as, as there is for you. There's, oh, there's so many stuff put aside for us. But we need to make sure that we are aware. Of, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. We are aware of this. I love the Holy Ghost. He just, he's so great. He's so mighty. Amen. So tonight, I just want you to know this. Um, then let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 27. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 27. Amen. And the Bible says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devout the adversaries. Anyone who rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 29. Of how much more punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy who has trampled on the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace so the judgment the judgment if now what am what is this 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 batch of scripture just told me something that i i was i i mean i have the scripture but i wasn't really planning on talk but i want to make sure that we recognize because when people turn away from God, when you accepted Jesus Christ and you turn away from God, you now have become a vessel for dishonor. You have in spirit, you have insulted the spirit of grace. You have insulted the spirit of grace. You have insulted the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed at Calvary, that everybody is supposed to be celebrating on the 4th of April. Um, of course, that we hope that that's what they're going to be doing. We hope that it's not going to just be Easter lilies and this and that and, and Easter eggs. We hope that they will be recognizing the blood that was shed on the cross at Calvary for your sins and mine. And we need to make sure that we are aware of this so that God can be glorified in our ways, in our talks, in our body language, is, is in, in our thought process, in our hearts. Because we got to remember that God looks at the heart. Even though you may be doing some things that is, that is looking good on the outside, but if your heart is in the wrong place, God is going to reject it. You want your rewards. So, then we got to look again. We're going to go back to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builder on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we're talking tonight about Jesus Christ. We're talking about the judgment seat. We're talking about how we live our lives. We're talking about what it is that's going to please God, how we function, how we think, our thought process. Do you know if you just look at somebody with lust in your heart, you just committed adultery? And it's the same way if you look at somebody just because you have a nice figure and, and they're ugly or in your eyesight they're ugly or they may be fat and you think and say something, do you know that is not pleasing to God? No, that is not pleasing to God because God is constantly looking at our hearts. How are we functioning? Are we doing what it is that God would have us to do? And that's why we are studying the word of God. Amen. And then the other verse says, if anyone's work, listen to this. Here's one of my main scriptures for tonight. If anyone works is burned, he will not suffer loss. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. I'm going to read that again. Rome, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, If anyone works is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. So, what am I saying? I'm going to read another scripture that goes with this. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of the living God dwells in you? So what am I saying? Verse, verse 17 says, If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temples you are. I said all of that when I first started my message. We are the temple of the living God. We are the ones that have to make sure that we live clean. But I really, let's go back to verse 15. It says, if anyone works is burned because, well, you know what? Watch this. Let's read verse 13, 3 and 13. It says, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So verse 14 says, if anyone's work which he has built on and it endures, he will receive a reward. So what am I saying? What I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is this, that whatever you do, if you don't do it with the right heart, if you do it with motives, it's going to be tested and it's going to be tested by fire. You are not going to lose your, you're not going to lose your salvation, but you will lose rewards and you don't want that. You do not want to lose your rewards. You want to make sure that we, because we are fellow workers with God and that we are God's building, amen, then we got to make sure that according to the grace of God, which was given to, to us, a wise master builder I have laid. That's where he says I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But each, but let each one take heed how he builds. So whatever we do, whatever we do, 
whatever we do for God, we must make sure that our heart is right because our works will be tested by fire. You're not going to not go to heaven. You're not, not going to stay in heaven, rather. Again, like I said, if you make it to the judgment seat of Christ, you've made it in. And you're going to be there. But you don't want to lose the rewards that God has for you. You want to make sure that you don't do things with motives. You want to make sure that you put your all into anything that you do for the Lord. You want to make sure that you put your all into it. You don't want to go to church and be a part of the choir member just because they force you to come. Or you don't want to come to prayer because you feel like you feel obligated to be there. You don't want to uh, um, uh, give... Um, 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 your tithes because you feel like, you know, you, you give your tithes because that's the will of God, because that's, that's, that's what God is expecting you. That, that's his command. He said, bring all the tithes into the store, so, storehouse that there may be food in my barn. And sometimes we forget why there is food in the barn. And why am I telling you all of this? Because many people will not tell you this. The monies that come into the church is not for the pastor alone. The money is supposed to help some of the people. If you are tithing in a church and you fall uh, are short or something goes wrong, you're supposed to go to your church and get some help, glory be to God. But men of, men of God, they don't tell you these things. They don't. But see, again, God will hold a lot of uh, 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 leaders in, 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 um, in contempt. Why? Because they're not. They're fleecing the flock instead of feeding the flock. And I, I, I just pray that you know, I just hope that they get it, make it to heaven. But I want you to make sure that when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you will receive what it is that you um, you are, are supposed to be receiving. I don't want you to fall prey to, 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 um, to not receiving, you know, what you're supposed to receive. Uh, as I said, um, um, when I look at um, this right here, we could never earn salvation. Salvation was a gift from God. I'm sure most people already know that. But the judgment seat of Christ has to do with how we have lived for Christ after he saved us. After he saved you and I, we owe him our life. He paid the price for our sins. We deserve hell, death, and damnation, but he saved you and he now wants you to live for him. And so when, but, but again, some people just don't care. And I wonder sometimes if they are saved, because if you are saved and, and, but again, a lot of people are saved, but they're not converted. The only way that you can really live for Jesus Christ is if you are converted. <laughs> that is the truth. And so so we got to make sure that how we live for Christ, everything we have done for Christ will be weighed and rewarded. As the Bible says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Whatever you did, whatever you did after you die, before you died, rather, you, it's going to be all accounted for. If you did it with a good heart or if you did it with motives, God is going to know. And so we got to make sure that we are aware of these things and do them according to the will of God. The Bible also tells us 
in First Corinthians trip that there is some people who who then, when the judgment takes place, were talking about Christians. Now we're going to be saved, but so as by fire, he says, they shall suffer loss. I just got you reading to you. They will suffer loss. In other words, they're going to lose some of their reward. So let's remember that the judgment seat is going to be very thorough. The judgment seat of Christ will be very thorough. Why? Because everything that you're doing is written down in a book. I told you that according to Malachi 3 and 16. It's not going to be a judgment seat. It is going to be a judgment that is going to reveal, I mean, everything. From the time you accepted Jesus Christ, whether you accepted him at 50 or 30 or 80, Anything you did before that is wiped out with the blood. But everything that you have done for Jesus Christ after you have accepted him is going to be judged and it's going to be revealed. And you're going to know that, hey, I made it to heaven, but am I going to get all the rewards that's due me? So the manner of people they are that we are that they shall declare and the way in which we live, I live today, is going to have some input into where they will be slotted in the kingdom for eternal repercussion. Eternal repercussion. You can't go back. It's, it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. It's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. So, of course, everybody in heaven is going to be happy. Everybody's serving the Lord, but there are some people who are going to go to go to be given greater responsibilities than others. Do you remember the parable that says he gave one man five talent, one man uh, ten, uh, two talent, and one man one talent? And he said, "I need to read that. I need to read that because I want. I just want to remind you what the scripture says because we need to make sure that we know." If we know, then we will not be um, fall by the wayside. Just look at the, the look for the the, the um, thing with the talent, because the man with the talent, the, the five talent, he told him he said, "Go rule over ten cities." Okay, the man with the two talent that gained two more talent, he said, "You go rule over some more cities too." The one with the talent that hid the talent, he told him, you wicked and worthless. He called him a worthless person. Matthew 25 and 25. Let me look at that. Matthew 25 and 25. So we got to understand here that those are not just parables for naught. Those were parables. Look what it says. And I was afraid... And went and hid my talent. He said, but let me go back up here. He said, he, I got to read one that, he says, he did, he received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents, and I have gained two more talents. His, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will 
make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. So the one with the one talent, he called him a slothful, he said wicked, threw him out into uh, uh, outer darkness. So I'm saying to you today, how are you living? How are you living for the Lord? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you in a place where you feel comfortable to the place where if your breath, if, 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 you're, if you lose your, take your last breath tonight before you go to bed, do you feel that you're living for God? Do you feel that when you get into his presence, do you feel that he's going to say, well done, you good and faithful servant? Or do you feel like there's some things that you need to get together and get it right so that when you come before the judgment seat of Christ, you will, um, you know, you will be okay. It's right here, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. So because of their faithfulness and being about their father's business, we occupy till he comes. So, so that's basically what I was trying to say. So, but I normally <clears throat> like to bring messages to you to people because I don't need nobody to judge you. You need to judge your own self. We need to take an inventory of our own lifestyle and see if God is pleased. Because the most important thing, I don't know about you, but I want to hear one day, welcome you good and faithful servant. Welcome, you good and faithful servant. And so I'm going to leave you with that. Go back and read the talent. It's in Matthew 25 and verse 14 through 30. And when you read about the, the, the where he told, you know, when he gave the talents and, and, and they came back, he was pleased with two of them. One of them, he told them, I need to read what he said. It said, <laughs> 30. And when he had begun, and so it says, uh, but I say to you, I will, Matthew 25, look what it says. Verse, it says, and cast, cast him, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guess where he's going to go? To hell. To hell. That's right. He's going to stand before the white throne judgment. Why? Because he didn't do what his Lord said. God doesn't like people that are afraid. Murmurers, complainers. So I thank you tonight for listening to me. I pray that you heard something that you might have heard it before. But because it came from my voice through my spirit to you. It might have made a difference. So may God bless you. May God keep you. And again, I will be bringing you another message next week. Have a blessed evening. We love you. And remember, 323-293-7566. If you ever need prayers, you can text in your prayer requests. You can go to our website, gfdjc.org. You can... um, uh, mail your prayer request to Post Office Box 561-368, Los Angeles, California, 90056. Mail it to Pastor Ruby. Um, and then you can come and visit with us at 3901 West Adams Boulevard at 9th Avenue and Adams.
in Los Angeles. If you're ever in Los Angeles and you choose to come and visit with us, we're happy to have you. Remember I said the ban is off, is lifted off the church. So we have, we're in a large church. You're welcome to come and visit with us. The sanctuary is very huge. It holds over 200 people. And, um, you know, we're, we're a small group of people, but we are a powerful group of people. And we know how to get a prayer through. So come and visit with us this Friday night. We love you. God bless you. Amen.